Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Paul Gibson with Harrodsburg Baptist Church, and we appreciate you listening today to our podcast, Sharing Our Journey, which is a ministry of Harrodsburg Baptist Church. I am here with our associate pastor, the Reverend Jonathan Johnston. Say hello, Jonathan. Hello. <laughs> and as we continue to work through uh, this story in 2021, uh, we are going to be talking about the resurrection uh, today. Jonathan, I had to work through the uh, <laughs> death and burial. I'm kind of jealous you get to talk about the resurrection. Right. So in order to talk about the resurrection, you're already throwing a curveball at us, which I think is a good curveball, because instead of reading uh, the resurrection account in the Gospels, we're actually going to look at 1 Corinthians 15. And I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 19. And then I'm really curious uh, why you chose this passage. So Let's read 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 19. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead, but he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men." All right, Jonathan, why this passage? I think um, to fully grasp the what I would consider the pivotal event in all of human history, which is the resurrection of Christ, mm-hmm. I think we've gotta, we have to understand why it's the most pivotal event. Which was exactly what I was getting ready to ask. Like, why is it the most piv- pivotal? I can't talk about why. Yeah. yeah. We, we know that... History agrees that Jesus was a human being that was crucified. Right. And we claim as Christ followers that he died for our sins. So couldn't we just say that the cross and death are the most important events? Some people do. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's where, for the Christian, we've got to go a little further and say, well, wait a second. Just as Paul does here in this passage, the crucifixion is is beautiful in in its ugliness, right? Mm -hmm. the sacrifice Christ made on our behalf. We never want to take away the importance of that. But that death without resurrection is only death. Mm. And that death without resurrection still does not provide hope Mm. because death would be the ultimate enemy that even Christ couldn't conquer. And that's where I think Paul does such a great job in 1 Corinthians in disputing a debate they're having within the Corinthian church about resurrection. But what we can draw from it is, is what does he really say about our faith? What does he say about life in general? Mm -hmm. If the resurrection didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And I think in verses 12, starting in verse 14, predominantly through 19, I mean, he lays out a really bleak picture of what life is like if Christ was not raised from the dead. Absolutely. Uh, He lists off six things, basically, uh, that that are that are problems for us as Christians if Christ is not raised. One of those. Well, yeah, I'm for, really really uh, interested. Walk walk us through walk, all walk six. Th- yeah. So for I mean for you and I right off the bat, man, uh, our preaching 
<laughs> is yeah. is vain yes. or without foundation. Yes. Because every sermon, no matter what text we come from or no matter what we're proclaiming on that day, we are always proclaiming Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. Mm-hmm. And and the resurrection is a key part of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that is the power for new life for someone who's lost. Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, our preaching is vain. Our preaching is without foundation. But Paul very quickly throws to, to those in the congregation, and so is your faith. Yeah. That, we could probably just stop there. Mm-hmm. Because that one statement that our faith has no foundation so I, if Christ is not raised. So I don't want to get you off track because I want to hear uh, three, four, five, and six. Yeah. But don't you think that sometimes we get so busy in the rhythm of church mm-hmm. and doing good things, I would even say good kingdom things, right. that the resurrection takes a back seat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think even culturally, Right, we're we're in October now. Mm-hmm. We're building towards the Christmas season, the mm-hmm. Advent season. Yeah, man, people love Christmas. Mm-hmm. I love. It's one of my favorite times of the year. Mm-hmm. People love Christmas, but Christmas is so empty without the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Good Friday is empty without Easter Sunday. Like the resurrection is is the meaning behind all that. So I'm going to press in here a little bit. Why do you think? Why do you think it's so easy for us to kind of put the resurrection on the back burner? I think the way that we um, think through even other stories, we we reach. If you think about your favorite movie or your favorite novel that you read, as you go along, you get to like the the pinnacle or the apex of the action, and then there's that moment where there's a turn, and you enjoy that so much that then the ending of the story is almost an afterthought. And I think the mistakes that we as Christians have made is we, we've allowed the resurrection to be the end mm-hmm. when the resurrection really is that apex pinnacle moment mm-hmm. that sets off what we are now living in, which is still building towards the end that hasn't come. Yeah. Uh, as, as you so beautifully explained yesterday, uh, and, and for anyone listening on the podcast last week, that, that waiting on the groom to mm-hmm. come, that's the end. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we, we get caught in the trap of we make either salvation or um, Christ's death and resurrection. We make those things the end. And then it's almost like, well, well then what have you been saved for? This is great. So I want to keep pressing in here. So what would you say to a Christ follower that has confessed their sins, that has asked Jesus to forgive them of their sins, that has um, given their life to Christ? And they're like, okay, my ticket's cashed. I know I'm going to be resurrected one day. I'm good. Like, mm-hmm. how does the resurrection affect me or challenge me as a Christ follower regarding what I'm doing today and how I'm supposed to live? Yeah. Well, Paul would, would say in Philippians 3, so another passage, but he, he would say that uh, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Mm-hmm. That power, the, the power of the resurrected Christ is the power that lives in us. Mm-hmm. So why? why? Why would God give us that mm-hmm. for us to sit? Why would God give us that for us to do nothing with mm-hmm. it? Um, we, we are the kingdom of God here on earth currently. Mm-hmm. And that power is supposed to drive everything we do in our lives to affect the darkness around us, to affect the lost around us. 
so that more people can be part of the kingdom, more people can be brought from death to life, more people can experience that same power. Uh, so the, the idea of a Christian who, <laughs> who feels that they've uh, been saved and they can just kind of sit back and, and, and wait on the end, that idea would be so foreign to the New Testament Christians, mm-hmm. to Paul and the other apostles, to the, the believers who are facing persecution on a daily basis. And I would even say around the world today, mm-hmm. the, the believers who are facing death for saying we believe in Christ would not understand a faith that says, well, you can get saved and then sit back and say, well, I'm going to wait my turn. Yeah. that That's foreign. No, that'll preach, man. Thank you for pressing in yeah. uh, there a little bit. Go ahead and, and talk about uh, so three, was, three through six. Yeah, so so preaching is vain, faith is vain. Three says basically we're liars, mm. right? So so if, if Christ hasn't been raised, we are bearing false witness. Now, Paul's writing this. Paul called himself a Pharisee among Pharisees. Mm-hmm. So even to, to Jewish people, he is saying, hey, one, one of the Ten Commandments, do not bear false witness. We're doing that if Christ hasn't been raised. Yeah. Because we're saying he has. So so we're liars. We're all liars if Christ hasn't been raised. And we've made God a liar because mm. God has said he's been raised. Um, then it also says, uh, he, he reiterates your faith is worthless. But the bigger statement, you are still in your sins. Mm. A lot of people, um, I, I've heard people kind of fall into this trap, theological trap of saying, well, Christ's death on the cross and his crucifixion brought us our forgiveness of sins. Mm-hmm. And, th- and then they stopped there mm-hmm. as if the resurrection wasn't necessary. Yeah. But what Paul's saying is without the resurrection, you, your sins are still on you mm-hmm. because that would, that would signify again, Christ wasn't able to conquer death. Mm. So if he can't conquer death, he cannot mm. forgive your sins. He was not the Messiah. Yeah. Uh, so you're still in your sins. Big problem. Uh, those who have fallen asleep in Christ. He's talking about believers from days gone. Mm-hmm. And he says they've also perished. Now, some people would look at that and say, well, you already said they've fallen asleep. They're dead. He's not saying the word perished here is not talking about their death. Mm-hmm. He's saying their, their life was useless. Mm-hmm. Their life had no purpose. Yeah, Man, th- can you think about Abraham, mm-hmm. Moses, Joshua, all those people great men and women of the faith, Deborah, all these women of the faith, people of the faith in, in the Old Testament to say their life meant nothing. Mm. That's a loaded statement. Yeah. But he's saying if Christ is not resurrected, their their life was futile. They, they spent their whole life f- hoping for something that didn't happen. Well, and I can imagine that also spoke uh, tremendously to the first church that were being, uh, that was being persecuted. Right. I, you know, if I were being persecuted and I had to wake up every day and to decide whether or not I was going to confess my faith because confessing my faith would mean that uh, I would lose my life, I would want to know that my confession was worth it, that my confession uh, was not just a promise for the now, but the, but the promise for the hereafter. So I can imagine that uh, this spoke uh, this spoke uh, not not necessarily safety, but it's, it spoke peace mm-hmm. and hope into the first church. Yeah, and and reassurance of you know who who doesn't want to know that their loved one who had faith in God is now with God. Mm-hmm. If Christ hasn't resurrected, then Paul's saying they're not. Yeah, man, that's that's terrifying. That's really troubling. Yeah, 
Uh, and then the the sixth one. <laughs> this is my favorite one. By if the way. we have placed our hope in Christ for this life only, we should be pitied more than anyone. Uh, he paints this picture of saying, "Man, if 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 all we're living for is the here and now, mm-hmm. we're doing it wrong." Mm-hmm. Because because all the pagans, all the people who are serving themselves, they're having a much better time in this life than we are. Yeah. And that definitely would have spoken to the persecuted church in, in that century uh, that Paul's writing to. And it speaks to us today. We, if you look at the world around us, there's so much uh, darkness and so many things that can't be explained if you look at this life only. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so if, if Christ hasn't been resurrected, we're pitiful. Mm-hmm. People, people should pity us Yeah, if Christ hasn't been resurrected. Yeah. And that's the key phrase that Paul's going at. That makes me think of Hebrews 12, uh, where the author of Hebrews says, um, you know, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of mm-hmm. witnesses, let us lay aside the sin and the weight that so easily entangles. And then it goes on to say, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And then it's very, uh, very explicitly talks about the cross, who mm-hmm. for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, yeah. and is now set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I think that echoes what you just said in regards to where is our focus? Mm-hmm. It's not just on the cross. It's not just on the, the death and the tomb, right. but it's on the resurrection. And I loved how you tied the forgiveness of sins. It's, it's, it's not just his death. Right. It's not just his life and death. It's not just his life, cross and death, but it's that whole connection of life, death and resurrection. And I think at times, and I want you to speak into this, I think at times we compartmentalize mm-hmm. Uh, the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in other words, it, we may just focus on his life or death, or we might just focus on his death and the resurrection, but we don't right. focus on his life. Or even I had somebody say to me one time, uh, uh, those of you that know me, I pray most of the time I end it with the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And somebody walked up to me and said, why don't you pray in Jesus's name? And I'm like, well, the, the Godhead is, is three in one. <laughs> yeah. So I, I really appreciated how you tied it all together. Um, and that it's not just his death, not just the cross, but it's his life, death, and resurrection. If if I if I'm a young Christian mm-hmm. and I'm listening to this podcast, and I'm listening and I'm wrestling with, okay, but uh, I'm eight thousand dollars in debt <laughs> or eighty thousand dollars in debt. I just graduated from college. Um, my significant other just broke up with me and I have a parent who's battling cancer. Mm-hmm. What in the world does the resurrection mean to me? How does it give me hope? It, the simple answer, and, and those are all complex issues, but the simple answer is the resurrection must mean everything to you. Mm. Because if you look at those situations, <clears throat> I can't help you out of $80,000 of debt. I can't cure your parent with cancer. I can't make your significant other get back with you or love you the way you want to be loved. But I can tell you that Christ resurrected. And because Christ resurrected, this life can be whatever it's going to be for you. It can throw at you whatever it's going to throw at you. But this isn't all there is. That $80,000 debt, while it's huge and it seems insurmountable, at the end of the day, that doesn't matter in the scope of eternity. Mm. Um, illnesses come and go. Significant others are flawed, right? So, so they're not always going to love you perfectly. But Jesus has loved us perfectly. Mm. Um, 
And so for a young believer, it's tapping into that, that the purpose of your life is, is not, I think we spend so much time trying to find the purpose of our life. Mm-hmm. And the purpose of your life is to honor God. Mm-hmm. It is to pursue Christ. It is to live in that power of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we make the resurrection the end. I think what we really miss out on in the Christian life is, is we're waiting for eternal life as if it's what happens after we die mm-hmm. and eternal life starts the moment you're saved mm-hmm. and the the rest then is your eternal life so you can go ahead and start living in that victory mm-hmm. now in the midst of whatever circumstances you find yourself in well, it's almost like when i hear you talk we have this great resource of power mm-hmm. and it's untapped it's mm-hmm. unused because either a our belief in the resurrection is kind of weak mm-hmm. Or B, it's not really grasped and fulfilled. In other words, we don't go to that well of resurrection power because we really don't have a whole lot of faith in the resurrection. Right. Or we don't go to the well of resurrection power because we completely don't understand that power. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so help me understand, Jonathan, what is resurrection power? Like, yeah. how does that change my life? Well, and, and I would throw in a different wrinkle, even with what you were saying on why we don't tap into it. I, th- I think... We tap into what we practice, mm-hmm. and I think for so many of us, we, we grow up and we uh, we want kids to develop, so we raise kids to to be able to do things for themselves. Yeah, but that mindset creeps in even to our spiritual selves, mm-hmm. to where well, I can handle this one on my own, mm-hmm. and it's only when you come up against those challenges in life mm-hmm. that I have no answer for. That's the only time really that we as Christians go naturally to the father right so it's almost as if there is this upside down or i would say right side up way to access the power it's not when we have it all together and we are operating on full strength if i hear you correctly it's almost as if we have the most access to the resurrection power when we're depleted and when we are worn out when we are run down that's confusing. Why? Yeah. Well, it's it's in Scripture, right? In in our weakness, He is made strong. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's not like strength is gained by the Holy Spirit by our weakness. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that we realize it more mm-hmm. when we're up against those things we can't beat on our on mm-hmm. our own. Um, I think as as believers, if we would focus on the power of the resurrection more and and really lean into it more. Mm-hmm and put that in practice, we would start seeing him do stuff in the small things in our life too. It's we a lot of times don't give him that opportunity because we, well, I got this. Like he, it, it's almost like God is waiting to, to help us with things. And, and we're like, oh, I, I got this one, God. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll call you when I mm-hmm. need you. And we push God to the sidelines. Yeah. And God wants in. Like yeah. he, he's like, I want, I want to help you. Yeah. Um, and so, I think it's it's a concerted effort. We have to be focused. And I think that's why when you talked about Hebrews 12, when the writer of Hebrews is talking about fixing our eyes, mm-hmm. well, that that's it's almost like putting blinders on a horse, right? Mm-hmm. Like fixing your eyes on, on Jesus and everything he is, what he did, but also where he is now. Mm-hmm. Like focusing in on that power, not forgetting that we have it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we get overwhelmed. We're yeah. human. Yeah. And one of the great tools of of the enemy is to kind of bewilder us or or make us feel like 
we're defeated. Yeah. When he knows we've already won. Yeah. And and that's that's the sad thing really is the more uh, I go in life seeing that how often we as Christians live defeated lives. Yeah. When we should be the most victorious people on the planet. So you're gonna laugh when I tell you where my mind went right there. It went to uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah. And if you're not a Marvel fan and you're listening, I apologize. I encourage you to go watch Captain Marvel. But it reminds me of that scene where um, her oppressors are trying to oppress her. I'm not trying to give anything away. Her oppressors are trying to oppress her on purpose so that she doesn't understand her true power. Yeah. And then she she actually is in a moment where uh, it, it's a it's a desperate moment. It's a moment where it looks like she's going to be defeated. And all of a sudden she realizes I have this unbelievable mm-hmm. uh, well of power that I can go to that I have that I didn't realize I have that I can tap into. And then she sets the world on fire. My mind went there because I feel like, and I think based on scripture and what you quoted in Second Corinthians 12, that's our life as Christ followers. Mm-hmm. That often when we feel the most depleted, the most defeated, that's when if we turn our eyes to the heavens, that's if we fix our eyes on Jesus, we realize there's this unbelievable source of power mm-hmm. that we're really not accessing, that we're really yeah. not using. Um, so just, man, Jonathan, good yeah. stuff. Um, anything else you want to share with us in regards to where you're going this Sunday with the sermon? Well, just to give the answer, we left the kind of bleakness of what it means if Christ is not resurrected. Mm-hmm. And then Paul... Paul, in his writing style, obviously inspired by the Holy Spirit, but his writing style is so great at flipping the script, right? You're about to talk about first fruits, man. Come on. So then he goes, verse 20, but now Christ has been raised from the dead, right? So he gives the answer. All this looks terrible if Christ hasn't been raised, Mm -hmm. but he has. So if he has, then he says, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For just as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits afterward, at his coming the people of Christ. Then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, when he abolishes all rule and all authority and power. So you've got Paul flips it around to say, yeah, that looks terrible. We should be pitied above all people if Christ hasn't been raised but he has. Mm -hmm. So then you can almost take all six of those things he just laid out and reverse them and say, so then since Christ has been resurrected, our preaching is not in vain. Mm -hmm. It has foundation. Mm -hmm. Our faith has foundation. Mm -hmm. It has merit. Uh, We are not liars about God unless we live that in our lives. (laughs) Uh, Christ has been raised we are not still in our sins. Mm-hmm. There's forgiveness of sins. Um, those who have fallen asleep in Christ, their life had meaning and significance. And we shouldn't be pitied. The reverse of that is man. Everyone around should look at us and say, I want that. Yeah. And that's, that's what I really hope people get out of this text and out of the resurrection is are we living in that power? Mm. Because if we are, people shouldn't look at Christians and say, man, they never have any fun. They don't get to do this. They don't. No, they should look at us and almost be envious. Yeah. Not because of what earthly things we have, but because of the way we live. Absolutely. Like they should see that power coming out through us and they should want it. That's, that's the draw of the gospel. Yeah. 
Uh, and that was God's design. That's that's how the early church grew, and that's how churches today can grow. Is we've we've got to live in that mm-hmm. power because without it, it's bleak. So we've got a couple minutes here, and I want to give. I want to pr- provide an opportunity for you, Jonathan, to talk about what that power looks like when it's lived out. And I want to ask you to talk a little bit about what we did last night. It's, mm-hmm. This pro- podcast is being recorded on a Monday. Right. So on Sunday night, we did something that I think is very uh, powerful, pun intended, <laughs> That's a, that, that is a description, it's a picture of what it looks like to live out a resurrected life. So if you don't mind, Jonathan, tell the listeners a little bit about what we did last yeah. night. So we have a prayer wagon ministry, right? Uh, that we just have kind of started, and it came from a creative idea from a Sunday school class. Um, but we we gathered some people of our church who showed up at five and wanted to go. We put them in a church bus, and we drove to different people's houses who were going through battles, mm-hmm. whether it be COVID, mm-hmm. whether it be loss of a loved one, mm-hmm. whether it be cancer. Mm-hmm. And we started out with four houses we were going to start at and or stop at, and we ended up stopping at like eight. Yeah. Because as we're driving, we'd pass a house that we knew, and we're like, well, what about them? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, even there's power when the body of Christ goes out to love those. Some of the ones last night are, are members of our body, mm-hmm. but some of those last night are people who are not, mm-hmm. that they're somehow affiliated with members of our body. And so the request came in, and so we, we honored that and went there. Um but there's power when the body of Christ shows up and puts action to the love of Christ and prays, asking God to be in the midst of that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, God doesn't need permission. God's going to be in the midst of that situation. But it, it's more uh, allowing us to feel the power of that and to be connected with what God's doing in those situations. Yeah. Um, there were people that we prayed for last night that I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you now I'm going to be more uh, keen to updates on that person's situation yep. because I prayed for them last night. Yep. Um, and so it's just just anything like that where the body of Christ can get out into the community, can get out with the people and show the love of Christ and, and confidence in the power of Christ. Um that that's that's what living in the power means. That's awesome. And my purpose in asking that question is to help the listener understand that all we did was drive around <laughs> and pray for people. Yeah. And it's not us. It's no. the power of the resurrection in those moments mm-hmm. uh, bringing about God's kingdom. Jonathan, thank you uh, for today. I think Sunday is going to be fantastic. I, I'm really looking forward to hearing uh, what you're going to preach on Sunday. Uh, if you're listening and you don't have a church, we encourage you to check us out, Harrodsburg Baptist Church, uh, 3112 South Main, Harrodsburg, Kentucky, 40330. Uh, we meet for discipleship time at 930 on Sunday mornings, and we then have our worship service at 1030 a.m. Uh, we'd uh, like to invite you to come and join us. Again, uh, my name is Dr. Paul Gibson, pastor here at HBC, along with uh, Associate Pastor Jonathan Johnston. This has been Sharing Our Journey, a podcast ministry of Harrodsburg Baptist Church. Uh, Tune in next time. God bless.